2: And Stan, we do over
1: three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
3: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
4: What's going on, guys? And welcome to Billy the Bat Boys Corner, presented by Up on Game Network. I'm Billy Pinkney. And today we have a fantastic guest joining us in just a moment. It's Shane McCarthy. Grew up in New Jersey, played at Seton Hall University, and then drafted by the Cleveland Indians organization. He is currently battling and recovering from Tommy John surgery, something that we will touch on during this interview because there are so many young players out there who are either dealing with this injury or will soon deal with it and try to gain some insight on how these young pitchers can avoid it. Without further ado, here's Shane McCarthy. All right, guys, we're here alongside Cleveland Guardians prospect Shane McCarthy. Shane, appreciate you hopping on.
5: Yeah, Billy, great to yeah, Billy, catch up. Great it's great been a long time. time.
4: Yes, sir. Well, Jersey guy right here, went to Seton Hall University and then obviously got drafted by the Cleveland Guardians. Can you take me through that process of playing high school baseball and then having the opportunity with Seton Hall?
5: For sure. You know, I always wanted to stay close to home. The recruiting process was a lot. You know, I had a bunch of interest from a different range of schools because I was kind of a late bloomer in high school. I wasn't the guy that everyone knew right away from freshman, sophomore year. So when junior and senior year came around and I really got healthy, I was battling some injuries at the time. Uh, when I got healthy, you know, some a lot of interest came from some colleges and I wanted to be a part of the Seton Hall program. Uh, you know, the The Shepherd family, I had a great relationship with the pitching coach already before getting on campus, and my best friend was going to be my catcher there. So, you know, it was kind of a home run all around, close to home for the parents to get there. So that's why I choose Seton Hall, and I had a great four years there.
4: Were you a big showcase guy? Because a lot of guys are wondering out there. Some kids, oh, what should I do to get in front of these coaches? Are they they're just going to find me if I put up the numbers and and all that? What would you recommend for those younger players to get in front of the coaches?
5: Yeah, the whole recruiting process is definitely different now in twenty twenty two than it was in you know twenty. 20- 2013, 2014 when I was getting recruited. So I see a lot of guys now, you know, using social media as a tool, getting their numbers out there. Uh, You know, data has been more of a part of the recruiting process now more than ever. You know, for me, when I was getting recruited, it was a coach came and saw you throw. If he liked what he saw, you know, maybe you would talk on the phone, get a visit at his college, that kind of thing. But now I see guys, you know, committing at the early, early ages. And, uh, you know, sometimes not even getting seen by a coach, just solely the data kind of being the sell for the college coach. I think there's a big part of that, you know, advocate for yourself, you know, get your name out there. Social media is a tool, so definitely use it. I think if I would do it all over again, and if I was a recruit in 2022 I would definitely be getting my stuff out there to whoever I could you know get get some eyeballs on your data and your video that's huge I think that's such a great tool to use and then another recruiting tip is just you know be yourself don't try to be anyone that you're not Um, I think a lot of college coaches can see right through that if uh, especially you're being dishonest with how you're actually performing You know, that's kind of uh, something that a college coach would say. It's like, oh, I see Billy, you know, saying he's throwing upper 80s when he's actually in the low 80s. That's like that's more of a character trait. Now that you see someone trying to mislead someone else, I don't think that's the guy that they want on their team. So being honest and uh, being a great teammate will go a long way and definitely use all that social media to your advantage.
4: And you mentioned Seton Hall just before this and the coaching staff, the Shepherd family. I mean, they're a group of very knowledgeable people in the baseball world. What were you able to take away from them and through your experiences there at Seton Hall?
5: Yeah, I took a ton away from my four years at Seton Hall, especially with Coach Shep. Um, you know, his father was such a big influence on the program. And uh, I learned a lot. You know, we, we traveled a ton. I really learned kind of how to be a young man on my own, number one. You know, I uh, I did do a bunch of traveling and getting out and about before college, but you know when you're on your own for four years, getting to know your teammates. We uh, we traveled coast to coast. So I definitely got a cool, a lot of great life experience there. Just being out on my own a bit more, being a little bit more responsible. And I think Coach Shep and uh, the Pirate family does a great job of you know developing some sound young men, not just baseball players. And they kind of do it on both sides of the uh, the diamond. You know, when you're in the lines, they teach you to play the game the right way. But then they also teach you to take care of, you know, life after baseball as well. And, uh, you know, I'm super fortunate to have been around that group. And they've had a huge influence on my playing ability and also just who I am as a man now.
4: Yeah, I remember going back a few years ago, I interviewed you at the alumni game and it shows how many people and the players come back and want to support the program and be a part of that culture.
5: Definitely. Yeah, it's super fun to go back to the alumni game. I think it's been, hasn't been the best showing recently, but uh, with, you know, the new coaching staff they have there, they got Ryan Ramiz on the coaching staff and Giuseppe Papaccio back in Pirate Blue. I think uh, a lot of alumni are going to start to come out and, you know, we're going to get a little bit closer again. So I'm excited for that.
4: Well, you were then drafted by Cleveland. I mean, that must have been a really exciting process for you. Can you take me through when you realized that that was going to become a possibility of a team taking you in the draft? Yeah, so my,
5: my junior year, I ended up getting drafted, but then ended up going back to school with, uh, with some injury stuff. And then senior year, um, you know, I tried to do my best for the team. We uh, got to the Big East Championship game. So we played the the furthest into the Big East tournament that I have been able to play in those four years, which was an accomplishment. And then after that, I was just really hoping, you know, that last game that I pitched in, in the championship, I was just hoping it wasn't my last game of baseball ever. You know, there was no set in stone, like, oh, team saying, oh, yeah, we're picking you, like, no doubt about it. It was definitely, you know, I definitely had a bunch of interest just from, you know, what I've been able to do in the past and up to that point a pretty good track record of some performance and some success at a high level. So I was fortunate to kind of lean on that a bit when maybe I wasn't pitching my best or I was dealing with a couple injuries. And um, when Cleveland called, I was sitting on my front porch of my house and uh, just listening to like every pick, every pick go by. And uh, it's funny enough, I was picked like a couple picks in the 18th round after I was the year before. So like 18th round twice in a row. I guess that's just my lucky number or whatever. But um, yeah, it was so great. I didn't know a ton about Cleveland. Like when I first got drafted, I obviously knew, you know, at the Cleveland Indians at the time, more of like a small market team. Um, You know, they weren't going to be able to go out and sign big free agents like the, you know, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox can do. And uh, that's really played into my advantage, actually. Uh, Now that I'm with Cleveland for the past four or five seasons, I've learned how much they prioritize the development of their minor league prospects and their players. Because, like I said, they can't go out and make a big splash in the free agent market all the time. So they need to really invest in what they have within and uh, my game has totally changed since becoming a guardian. Um, you know, I used to be more of like a sinker slider guy. Now I'm working more of like a four seam slider changeup, up. And uh, my delivery has improved a ton working with the great coaches and player development staff that we have. And uh, we're also very data driven. So getting to learn that side of the game has been amazing. And um, I really got to if I could do it all over again, like knowing what I knew now, if I had a choice to pick whatever team I could get drafted by, it would be Cleveland. So I've been in a great spot ever since.
4: I mean, each organization has their own way of developing pitchers. Did they alter much of your routine when it comes to before the game and the off season that you like to work on? Uh, Did they change anything for you?
5: Yeah. What uh, what we do here with Cleveland is everything is a partnership. So, you know, if I come up with a good idea and, uh, you know, I can bring it to the coaching staff. I can bring it to the front office members of the pitching group. And, you know, we have a conversation about it. It's not just uh, I do whatever they say. You know, we definitely have a good balance between and keep that partnership strong. Um, I was a part of a couple, couple like training camps that they've had out here in the off seasons, which have been a really great way to get to know the organization a lot better, get to know the coaches and just feel really comfortable like in there um, like in the way they go about business out here. We, uh, we talk about routines a ton, so I'm happy you brought that up. You know, I think routine is so huge in this game because, you know, no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on outside of your control, if you can have that routine and stick with it and, tr- and take it with you wherever you go and you know exactly what you need to be doing, it's such a great way to, like, keep that confidence up because this game is tough. And um, so having a great routine has been something that Cleveland's helped me without a lot. And uh, also important thing for routines I've learned here is that, you know, you got to have your own routine, but as just like the environment can change, your routine needs to change a little bit too. So the routine that I had when I got drafted in 2018 has changed a lot since now in 2022, especially with injuries Um, Coming back a couple times through the rehab process, I've learned a a ton. So, uh, yeah, Cleveland, it's been a great experience overall.
0: Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura podcast network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Do you love Selena?
0: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do
1: over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
3: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western
5: nations like the U.S. and Europe
0: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
3: But the problem
0: is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
3: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
4: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it obviously worked out your new routine. Your first year had a 0.88 ERA. I mean, when you're making that transition from college into pro ball... Uh, I mean, what qualities do you feel that you need to have in order to be successful? I think I took a lot from what I learned at Seton Hall, you know, going back to to
5: talking about the Pirates, we prioritized winning. And that's what happens in college is you want to win games because that's how you get into regionals. That's how you get into postseason play. And then when you get to the minor leagues, especially the lower levels of the minor leagues, it's not always about winning right away you know, that's a, that was a little bit of a transition for me. Um, you know, it's a lot about development because I'm surrounded by, you know, 17 to 22-year-old players ranging from, you know, Latin America to high school drafts to college drafts, and uh, everyone's on their own path, and all they care about in the lower levels is you getting closer to hitting the goals that the organization has set for you. And uh, that was definitely different for me. We would be in some situations during a game when, you know, I'm trying to help the team win this game and, you know, I don't see it the same way they see it because all I was prioritizing was winning, winning, winning. Cause that's what I was you know taught to do as a pirate. And then um, going into pro ball, you definitely have to take a step back from that and understand that, the early seasons the lower levels of uh, minor league baseball do prioritize development a ton so you know if the team go if the team plays six games in a week and you know you go one in five the manager's not flipping out because if his guys are getting closer to reaching their own individual goals he's doing his job so that's uh, that was a little bit of a transition but they do say as you climb the minor leagues, you get closer to AAA. Um, you know, winning does, again, become more important because once you debut in the big leagues, that's all it's about is winning because everyone's trying to chase that World Series ring.
4: Do you feel that that frustrates some guys in the minor leagues who really have that competitive nature, and maybe if they're a starting pitcher, want to go out there for that seventh inning or or pitch maybe above throw 100, over hundred pitches and 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 throw what they know they can, but they're just kind of holding them back from doing that?
5: Yeah, I think some guys might struggle with that, but we have to also take in the fact that. You know we're working with some of the best professionals overall, like medical staff, strength conditioning staff, pitching staff, um, you know, our fundamental group. Like everyone here is here for a reason. Like they know their stuff, you know, they've they've helped players in the past. So I think once you kind of buy into the formula, it might take a little bit of a transition period. I know it did for me, maybe about two, three months to see, okay, like, I can really trust these guys. They're really trying to improve my career. Um, And that's kind of all stems back from that partnership. So it definitely comes maybe a little easier to some, uh, to some guys more than others that transition. But once you understand that everyone's just trying to help individuals become big leaguers, like that's what, that's what our, uh, you know, all of our fundamental group is trying to do, whether it might be for the Guardians or someone else. Like they just want to see us as individuals make it to the big leagues.
4: Well in that system, you went from low A to then double A. They had you skip high A. What was the reasoning behind that? Did they explain that to you? Was it because you went to college and, and played there? They felt you were ready.
5: Uh definitely, you know, I had some experience being an older player, but the real reason was the COVID season in 2020. Uh, when we all got sent home for COVID, I was had planned to have been starting in high A that year. So I, you know, I worked my tail off in 2020 back in Texas to uh, make sure I was feeling good and getting ready for whenever we were whenever we were going to play again because we weren't sure. You know, it was a crazy time for everybody. But uh, I was lucky to go to Instructs, So sort of a small group of guys got to come out to Instructs in 2020. And I was really the only organized, um, like organized baseball on the minor league side was just that instructs camp. So that was about like four or six weeks. And I was able to come out here and uh, show them everything I worked on throughout the COVID season by myself. And then, um, you know, I think me being able to come out here, show them, yeah, I'm tracking on my goals. I'm getting a little bit closer. They felt good about me uh, skipping. Our high A affiliate and going to double A in 2021,
4: and they counted that year as a year of development that 2020 season. So it hurt a lot of guys, also benefited some, but it was it was a tough period there. Uh, did you experience that the hitters were a lot more veteran like and uh, more patient at the plate in double A?
5: I think the double A level is really special because I think you're getting. A lot. You're playing against the future of a lot of big league teams. You know, I I played against, um, you know, O'Neal Cruz, like who's been crushing it in uh, Major League Baseball. We played really against, like, name name a team like Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, like these guys who are just doing their thing in the big leagues now. They were all starting at the Double A level in 2021. So I think. You do see a lot of high, high talent, a lot of like high draft pick prospect players. But you also will see some guys that have been around a bit longer. You know, it might be their second season in double A. They have a ton of experience. They understand the league and how what the talent pool is going to look like. So I definitely, uh, you know, I definitely tried to lean on a couple of our veteran players on the team when I was there in Akron in 2021 and learned from them because they had the double-A experience already. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool league. Like, you can see anyone from that 20-year-old stud international prospect to, you know, the 26-year-old, even guys with big league experience who were got minor league free agents and now they're trying to start new with someone else. Sometimes I start them in double-A just to see – how it's gonna go, and um, you know we faced a couple guys in their low thirties, even like it's such a such a wide variety of talent at the double A level. But uh, you know everyone's a really good player because not everyone gets to play in double A.
4: Well, you then unfortunately had to undergo Tommy John surgery. Can you take me through the process of just realizing that that was gonna be something you'd have to do and deal with, and just that that whole year really of of that process. Definitely. So, you know, I've had my fair share of injuries in the past, uh, Tommy John being like the new
5: number one on the list in terms of time off and the severity of the whole surgery process, the injury, the rehab. So, you know, I've I've done well coming back from injuries in the past. You know, I've had some other things done on my arm, but um, this was going to be my toughest task yet. I knew that. And uh, I knew I had to kind of tap into like my support system. Um, You know, my fiance, my parents, everyone out here has been just amazing helping me get through this. And I felt like a ton of love and support from them, which means everything. You know, when you're out here in the desert by yourself, you got your teammates, but you know, it's not like, you're not like uh, at an affiliate where your parents can come see you or family and friends can visit often feel a little alone sometimes, but, I've made the most of this whole year and I can, you know, proudly say that I didn't take a day off. Um, I made the big use of my spare time because early in recovery, you have a lot of spare time. You know, I would be in the training room for maybe an hour or two from like eight to 10 o'clock in the morning. And then in the beginning of my recovery, my PTs would say, all right, Shane, go home. See you tomorrow. Like that's all we got for you. So I ended up uh, giving a ton of baseball lessons out here. kind of helping the new, the new up and coming players in Arizona and teaching them everything that I've learned in the past, you know, a good routine, injury prevention, like all this stuff that we've talked about. um, I'm trying to share it with the young guys out here to, so they don't have to be in my shoes, having a couple of arm surgeries by the time they're, you know, 25, 26.
0: Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Do you love Selena?
0: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our
1: podcast, Becoming an Icon.
3: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
0: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the US and Europe Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
3: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often.
0: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio
4: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, did you feel that it began in your arm, in the forearm area? A lot of guys say that that's where they initially feel that they might be experiencing some issues. Yeah, I know
5: it's kind of like a well-known thing that if a major league player goes on the IL with like forearm soreness or forearm tightness, whatever, like everyone says, oh man, Tommy John waiting to happen. Um, It wasn't necessarily like that for me. I think honestly my ligament, like the damage that was done on my ligament kind of stems from overuse as a youth player. And, um, you know, not understanding recovery at a young age. And now I really do understand it. So, you know, if I could go back and do it all over again, I would do a bunch of things differently. You know, maybe I would take that fall season off from pitching. Maybe I wouldn't play with two or three teams at once as a youth player. Uh, Maybe I wouldn't throw like 140 innings in a calendar year in college. You know, I did a lot of things that, looking back, they were great because I was enjoying myself and I was learning the game but if I knew I was going to be a professional and I'd be getting paid to play and I needed to stay healthy in order to compete I think I would do some of those things differently so for me it wasn't a, like a one pitch blowout thing that uh it's you you've heard of in the past it was more of a gradual thing and I threw three innings in my last start in double a and then after that I was just like yeah I can't go on anymore so I had to tell my pitching coach my manager and then You know They got the bullpen going from there, and that was uh, the middle of June of 2021, and uh, tomorrow I'll throw in my first Instructs game. So I've thrown live BPs up to this point, meaning just me trying to strike out hitters and then trying to hit off me, just mano-a-mano on the field, but I haven't been a part of a real organized game in a long, long time, so it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow.
4: Do you think that the high school and college coaches out there are doing enough to help prevent their pitchers from becoming injured i mean there's a lot that the individual player has to do in order to recover and and do what they can to recognize what's going on with their own body but is there more that those coaches could do i think the
5: best college
4: coaches
5: do it um i don't think everyone is though because you know a like we said before a college's job a college coach's job is to win games so if they have a great pitcher who's on a hot streak and you know he's he's striking out the world or he's been dominant, they're going to continue to run him out there. And there's never going to be a player that loves baseball, loves competing that says, coach, you got to take me out. I'm sore. Right. Like for me and you both know when you're rolling and you're feeling good, you want to just be out there as much as you can. But uh, you know, big picture, I don't know if that's the best thing for guys to be going through. I think, you got to harp on the recovery. You got to you know, teach the guys good routines in the training room for after throwing. You got to teach them how important sleep is and like taking care of your body in the weight room. Like all these things really do play a huge, huge uh, impact on your performance on the field. I think a lot of guys feel that it's sometimes all separate, but uh, when it works well all together, that's when you're going to be at your best. So I wish college coaches sometimes would share the intent from development and performance but again it's their job to win games so I think it's all about performance for them
4: well Shane I appreciate you taking the time I do before I let you go I wanted to mention what you're also doing on social media to help out the younger guys you're showing what you're doing your your process and and the recovery as well on social media
5: yeah so uh my page is grow the game training on instagram And, uh, I've shown a little bit of my recovery from Tommy John. I have a bunch of great, uh, great posts up there for parents to learn about for young players to learn about just how to, how to go about the game from a youth player perspective. And, uh, I try to teach everyone from my experiences. So, you know, hopefully you can end up in the same environment as me being a professional athlete, but you'll be much healthier. Um, you know, you'll be in a better spot and, uh, Yeah, Billy, thanks for including that. It's been really fun connecting with a lot of people on there. I still continue to help players, you know, on a weekly basis, no matter where they're at, New Jersey, Texas, Arizona. I'm connecting with a lot of guys on there and uh, helping them out. So it's a great, great way to stay connected in the game and kind of give back for the future players.
4: Awesome. Shane, I appreciate it. And best of luck tomorrow, ramping it back up. Yeah,
5: thanks, Billy. Appreciate you, man.
4: We'd like to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Billy the Bat Boy's Corner, presented by Up on Game. Shane McCarthy is somebody who's had a lot of experience in the game of baseball and also recovering from Tommy John, which will hopefully help younger players out there avoid that significant surgery. It's something that's very difficult uh, to deal with and to recover from and be the same pitcher that you were prior to the surgery. But there are so many out there who not only get the surgery, but also recover, fully recover, and continue to be successful pitchers. We're supporting the Father English Center in Patterson, New Jersey. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing here with Billy the Bat Boys Corner and Up on Game Network, be sure to follow on social media at Billy the Bat Boy, at Up on Game Network. Also, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll see you next time here on the show.